Hello, my name is Eva, and I love to watch interesting films such as this one, Chariots of Fire. This Academy Award-winning film, directed by Hugh Hudson, won the Oscar for Best Picture in 1982 and tells the story of the English athletic team's preparations for the 1924 Olympic Games, which that year were to be held in Paris. The film is partly based on the true stories of Eric Liddell and Harold Abrahams, who are the main characters of this riveting tale of challenge, suffering and glory. And in my opinion, Chariots of Fire maintains to this day its position as one of the most rewatchable stories of the hard path to glory. This is a beautifully filmed story, edited to make you feel as if you are standing right in the path of runners hurtling towards you at breakneck speed or running beside them around the curve of a bend. Filmed in the days before drone shots, the sweeping views of fields, coastlines and even boats are wonderfully displayed from a grain of sand to the woodwork of an oar. This film is also remembered for its score by Vangelis, who composed the main theme, which captures the doubt, endurance and the realizations the characters experience. And as the lonely tunes of that main theme melt into a harmony of triumph, it conveys in all its beauty the synergy of all that came before. The story in the film is structured as a remembrance commencing in 1978 as attendants at a funeral, reminisce on their life at the University of Cambridge in the autumn of 1919. In this setting, Harold Abrahams' exceptional running talent comes into full display, and as he meets prejudice for his Jewish heritage, he becomes determined to succeed in order to overcome the voices of condensation which he meets in the medieval storied halls of Cambridge. Far from him, in the remote hills of Scotland, Eric Liddell, a son of missionaries, set on a course to become a missionary himself, runs across valleys and fields for the glory of God. Liddell meets opposition from his deeply Christian community, namely his beloved sister, worried as she is of the impact competitive running might have on her brother's commitment to their missionary work. Liddell and Abrahams, one a devout Christian, the other a secular Jew, different, so different in temperament, experiences and ambitions, do have their athletic talents in common and their trajectories align as they gradually train, compete against each other, and then are selected for the English national team, which will travel to the Olympics in Paris. The plot centres around the rundown to the Olympics, to early 20th century attitudes, to fair play, to being an amateur or being a professional, attitudes to which were far different then compared to now. 
Doors are opened, some of them royal, as the athletes prepare, while other doors are closed, as the protagonists must choose what is best against what is right, or what others tell them is right. But at its heart, this film is a character study of people in the maelstrom of talent and pressure. What happens when a person with an extraordinary talent, which they cannot nor will not suppress, come up against the machine of establishment intent on harnessing that which is essentially a force of nature? This film bears witness to the eternal struggle between fealty and conviction. Where do you land when fealty to your country and your own inner convictions both carry with them a vocation of duty? Another prominent theme is passion and prejudice. To what extent do you strive to succeed in order to outdo, outshow and outrun others just to show them that you are better? When do you let go of a pursuit of vengeance and instead let yourself be led by your own passion for that which you love? This film does not shy away from portraying discrimination and class differences in a 1920s English setting and the impact of class on the opportunities for those who have and those who want but cannot. There is a world of difference from the runner using glasses of champagne to measure his skills in hurdle and the man running in hand-me-down shoes. However, seen through the lens of cinema art, the scenes of a man running on a mud track are beautiful and awe-inspiring, and that particular scene of champagne glasses is absolutely gorgeously filmed and edited. At the end of the day, the film's message is hope rather than despair. It has a very heavy emphasis on individual achievement and how this individual strive can have a bearing not just for one person, but society as a whole. And at the end of the film, as Harold Abrahams returns to England after the Olympic Games and steps off the train, returning him to the life which awaits him, the mood of the moment the mood of the final moments of this film is joy. Quiet but triumphant joy. I like this film for its portrayal of talent as it can play out in so many different settings. And I like it too for its many likeable characters. Sometimes, just sometimes, it is a real pleasure to view a film in which you generally like the people on screen. Ben Cross stars as Harold Abrahams and gives an uncompromising portrait of a passionate man, while Ian Charlson, known up till then for his fine stage appearances, gave perhaps his life's performance as Eric Liddell. Many other well-known thespians play small but important roles, from a scene-stealing Ian Holmes of later Lord of the Rings fame 
to Brad Davis, as well as a glimpse of Kenneth Branagh, who made his acting debut in this film. As this list implies, it is a superbly acted film, from glances which convey a hundred words, to physical acting and well-delivered dialogue between characters quarrelling over honour or beauty. I think I leave you in no doubt that I love this film, and I would highly recommend that you watch it once in your lifetime if you have not already done so. I believe it is streaming on several platforms. Chariots of Fire is, in terms of acting, plot, character and thematic intention, duty, honour, perseverance and triumph, one of the most successful Oscar-winning films of the 20th century. I hope you liked this review of a rather older film. I hope you are still enjoying your summer and I do apologise for the very infrequent podcast publications, summer travelling etc., has been the course. But until next time, I have been Eva, and thanks so much for listening.